Well, hello, we greet you in the well, hello, we greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a another wonderful opportunity to be able to study the word of God um, over the next several minutes as far as our time together is concerned. We're looking forward to um, continuing our study dealing with the problem of evil. And we want to uh, really be intentional as far as our time of study is concerned to do this deep dive. So what I want to do before we get started is to, of course, thank you all. And I see uh, some of you all are joining us online and we're looking forward to you um, uh, coming in and, and joining us. Uh, and we thank the God for you as far as this wonderful opportunity is concerned. So let us, if we could, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we seek and sense the movement of God as far as our time together is concerned. God, we come to you right now. We want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity to study your word, uh, to really delve into the problem of evil. We pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you, the master teacher, will show up. Teach us your precepts. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Show yourself strong and mighty, O God, as only you can. And we will bless your name for that. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We do pray and we claim it done. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. All right. As we prepare to get started, um, as far as uh, today is concerned, uh, want to really be intentional uh, with this time. I want to call your attention to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter eight. I mean, ch chapter three, rather, verses eight through 11, Ephesians chapter three, verses eight through 11, and um, want to get a sense for what God would desire as far as our time together is concerned um, for this moment. Ephesians chapter three, verses eight through 11, Ephesians chapter three verses eight through 11. And we're going to find these words praying in the New King James Version of Scripture. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this is Paul talking, uh, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. All right. So I want to kind of um, un unpack this and I want, want to kind of delve into this because um, while on the surface, it doesn't seem like is going to address the issue of dealing with evil. If you allow for me to unpack it, 
hopefully and prayerfully, it's going to reveal some things to you. Now, look at this. Paul talks about how basically um, the grace of God was given to him that he should be preaching the gospel um, to the Gentiles, sharing how a relationship with God um, is so rich, so vibrant, so vital that life without it is not meaningful. It's empty. It's vacuous. He also uh, drills down to the fact that this ministry that he has is only by the grace of God and that he's able to engage in this ministry by the grace of God to share with the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the non-Jews. So the Gentiles are now being exposed to the grace of God through Jesus Christ and he is also trying to help us to understand that when you have Jesus Christ, you have a bottomless well of spiritual wealth that we cannot fully understand. So here's the drill down that I want you to understand, that the secret have been hidden in God, the creator of the universe, even before creating all things, God had in mind this wonderful truth as part of his eternal plan to bring into fruition Jesus Christ and this body or organism or organization called the church. Okay, called the church. Now, the question that we got to raise in, in, in all of this is, who is this for? <laughs> Why does the church need to be revealed or put on display now? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Because when something is displayed, it is displayed before someone. Who is the audience? Who is God trying to impress? Because a display has no value if there's no one to check it out. When something is demonstrated, it is demonstrated what? To someone for a purpose. So really, Paul is helping us to understand that God's ultimate divine demonstration has been taking place and still is taking place before hundreds of thousands of intelligent beings throughout the universe. And here's the shout. And this has been going on ever since the fall of Satan and the angels who left their proper dwelling place. Now, if you really want to appreciate that, you may have to go to Jude chapter six, when it talks about the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their abode. He has reserved everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of that great day. Now, let's start unpacking some stuff. Because for humanity, because of sin, we really think that we are the center of the universe or the center of the earth. We really think that we're the only creature in the cosmos. And humanity, we are so impressed with ourselves that we speak that, like the universe was created for us, but I need to correct something. 
The universe was not created for us. The universe was created by God for God. All right, let me say it again. The universe was created by God for God. God did not create the universe uh, for us. God created the universe because that's something that God wanted to do. And the Bible says all things were created through him and for him. So here's where I'm getting ready to get to because I want to unpack something today as we deal with this issue of the problem of evil. I want to talk about these heavenly beings called angels. Angels. Let me read about angels in um, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Angels. Um, we read about angels, we read about living beings in Revelation chapter four. You hear about the cherubim in Psalm 99. You hear about the seraphim in Isaiah six, powers, thrones, dominions, uh, principalities. Even though there may be some overlap in these designation of these uh, heavenly beings, it is clear that humanity is not alone in the universe, Okay. Now, I want to lift up for today's consideration three major named angels biblically. One is Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel is known is, is an archangel known as the angel of the word. The angel of the word. Okay. Whenever Gabriel showed up, Gabriel was coming with a message from the throne room of God to share with humanity. So Gabriel is an angel of the word. All right. The other one is Michael. Michael, you'll read about Michael in Daniel chapter 12 in Jude uh, verse 9, Revelation chapter 12. Michael is really the angel of war. Okay. When Michael showed up, somebody was getting ready to get taken down, all right? So Michael is the angel of war, all right? Now, here's another one, Lucifer, Lucifer. Lucifer was the angel of worship, and you read about Lucifer in Isaiah, all right? Lucifer was the angel of worship. Now, Lucifer... Um, caught a glimpse of himself and thought he was better than God and should be in the place of God. And Lucifer, according to the scriptures, created a rebellion in heaven against God. So what God did was God cast Lucifer and those who followed Lucifer out of heaven, according to the biblical writ. Those angels that had fallen now became demons. Okay. Those angels that have fallen now become demons. All right. And notice that God did not replace Lucifer when it came to the angel of worship. All right. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Follow the flow. God did not replace Lucifer, the angel of worship, with another angel. You want to know who's that replacement? You and I. 
You and I are the replacement of Lucifer as far as worship is concerned, which is why the enemy tried to distort worship, our prayer time, our praise time, and our time for the word. All right. So what does the word angel literally mean? Angel literally means messenger, messenger from God that's sent on errands to serve God by ministering to us. Remember when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, the Bible talks about how in Jesus, in his humanity, an angel came and ministered to him. All right. So whether these beings are living elsewhere, um, Jude talks about some of them leaving their proper dwelling place in the galaxies of the universe who are summoned by God when needed or simple non-corporal beings that attend to God and do God's bidding. We don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know none of that. All I know is that angels are real. Angels do exist. And Hebrews 13, 12 tells us, don't, do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertain angels. But one thing we know for a fact is that angels are interested and involved in the grand demonstration of God's nature that is, watch this, taking place on the planet Earth. Okay? Taking place on the planet Earth. All right? Now, I'm not here to debate whether there are extraterrestrial beings out out there in the universe. I don't know. The universe is so big, so vast, so uh, extraordinary that uh, we as human beings are barely getting glimpses of how vast the universe is. But can I give this to you for free? God created all of this. In other words, God is beyond the universe. God is beyond time. Um, humanity in our limited understanding of who God is, we calculate the universe to be anywhere between 14 to 18 billion years old. Let me drop something on you for free. God is beyond that. God is more than 14 to 18 billion years old. As a matter of fact, can't even put an age on God. God is from eternity to eternity. All right. So if you understand something about how great our universe is, and yet check this out, how small our planet is in comparison to the universe, you will soon understand how insignificant you and I in this speck of creation that God has made. As a matter of fact, what it should do shouldn't puff us up. It should really humble us and help us to appreciate how incredible it is for God to use the planet Earth and the human race to carry out God's grand purpose. So here's what we got to wrestle with. Who is God's audience? The human race. All right. We're God's audience. Okay. And of course, there are angels who are intimately involved and interested in, in the world. There may be other creatures that say, but as far as interaction is concerned, check this out. It's us. It's us. 
is us. Think about the fact that God in God's incredible creative power is making known to us on this little speck called planet Earth that we named, <laughs> that we named planet Earth, um, that God is carrying out a divine drama that is so grand that it impacts, check this out, the entire cosmos. Okay. It impacts the entire cosmos. So let me go back to this thing called angels because angels existed before we, we did. All right. Angels been around a whole lot longer than we have. And anytime that God got ready to do something incredible, extraordinary, God always prefaced it with sending an angel. All right. God always prefaced it with sending an angel. All right. At the birth of Jesus, angels came and announced his birth. Gabriel went to Mary, said, you're getting ready to have a child. An angel came to Joseph. An angel came to the shepherds. When, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, angels came and ministered to him at the death and resurrection. It was angels that rolled away the stone and they appeared before he ascended to the heavenly throne to be at the right hand of the father. And guess what? They gonna come back when Jesus returns to claim his rightful place, not only as ruler of this world, but really as king of the entire cosmos, the entire universe. This is what I want to impress upon you. If you don't get anything else today, that what God is doing, what God is doing through Jesus Christ, what God will do through Jesus Christ is not only reclaim and fix earth. It is the entire cosmos. It's the entire universe. And, and, and can I really impress upon you how incredibly awesome our God is? They're not different gods of the various planets or galaxies or quasars or pulsars or any other part of the universe or stars and stuff. No, no, no. There's one God. There's one God that has created everything we see and everything we can't see but can't imagine. That one God has created everything and that one God has claim and right to everything in the universe. Now, let me drop this on you because there's a new telescope out there right now that is uh, taking pictures, taking pictures of uh, various things as far as the universe is concerned. There was the Hubble telescope and now there's this new telescope and this new telescope made the Hubble telescope is like comparing an iPhone to the regular telephone. This, this, this new telescope is getting pictures with such clarity and watch this. And it's getting pictures from, from billions of light years away. That is now coming into fruition, billions of light years away, which means that whatever we see as a reflection of those of those pictures, that the light was being sent billions of years ago. We're just now capturing it. OK. We're just now getting it. We're just now appreciating it. We're just now. Um. um able to bask in it, all right? So the angels have been interested in this grand demonstration of God, 
ranging from the creation of the universe to the fall of humanity, to the redemption of humanity. These are the things that angels have been very concerned about. These are the things that angels have been looking into. Uh, these are the things that angels take delight in. So watch this. So even when we worship, a place where much other drama of redemption is carried on in our worship, angels tend to be present. It's the angels that care for the saints. Uh, it's the angels that give us lift. It's, it's angels that sometimes we wonder, how is it I was able to survive an accident or or how? No, because God sent angels. Have you ever seen somebody was able to walk away from an accident. You wonder why? Because God had an angel right there that was able to buffer the impact of an accident. But can I tell you what really makes angels shout? What makes angels shout is the mere fact of when a sinner accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible talks about how heaven rejoices over one that repents than over 99 who don't need repentance. Okay? Angels, you can't see them, but they're constantly coming to and leaving the earth. And, 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 and when you think about it, when you think about it, I want to give this to you for free. When Christ defeats Satan, it's a public display. Okay? All right? It's a public display. It's a public display. So, when we look at the various stages of our earthly existence and God's demonstration of God's nature, it's the angels that praise God for his mighty works. Okay. But now I want to let you know that angels and us, we're very different. And this is why I am so intent on trying to break bad theology when we talk about, well, you know, uh, mama got her wings and she gonna be an angel in heaven. No, that ain't true. And I know some folks, they get bent out of shape because I said, your mama ain't got no wings and your grandmother didn't get wings or your daddy, he, he's not an angel because that's not biblical. That's not biblical. Because I'm getting ready to drop this on you for free. That's not biblical. Because here's what's biblical. The moment that the angels, Lucifer, and those that followed him, the moment they disobeyed God, God did not give them a second chance. God kicked them out of heaven and sentenced them to eternal damnation. God does not do that with us. I want to contend that God loves humanity more than God loves angels in the sense that God continues to give us chance after chance after chance when we mess up. But when Lucifer messed up and those angels followed him, they were assigned to hell for eternity. Which means that if your mama or grandmama or daddy or papa was an angel and he committed a sin, heaven ain't his home. I know you don't like it, but it's biblical. I'm just trying to clear up 
bad theology. So we'll stop saying crazy, stupid stuff at funerals. Because it's very disheartening for folks who don't understand how to properly, because here's the deal. None of us as human beings are angels. We are human beings. Okay. We are human beings. We, we, we are, let me say it again. We are human beings. All right. Let me say that one more time. We are human beings. All right. So while I know that, 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 that as far as this, this conversation is concerned, uh, dealing with uh, angels, I want you to understand that whenever the church gathers in heaven, angels will be there. And all of us are going to do one similar thing. We shall worship our God forever and ever and bask in the glory of God. Now, what does this have to do with evil? Let, let, me, let me help you understand that. The existence of evil in the human race does have an important part to play in God's demonstration of God's self to his creatures. All right. All right. In other words, the angels even take entrance in what is happening to those angels who sin. There were there someone once said, um, that if God planned from eternity to save some of Adam's fallen race, how is he absolved from the casual agency of Adam's sin? The believer will answer by affirming that God permitted Adam's sin for some wise and holy purpose. So only the purpose is not unknown. It is clearly stated to make God's nature manifested because God is the only wise and holy person in the entire cosmos. And since God is the all wise and perfect holy one, we can be sure that God's reason, even though we may not know it, is ultimately sufficient. All right. So here's where I want to drill down. And here's where I want to um, give lunch to maybe if you have some questions. The Bible talks about, and we read this in Ephesians, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the ages that has been hidden in God, that's a mystery, who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God may be known by the church, by the church, to the principalities, check this out, and powers in heavenly places. In demonstrating God's mercy, God is showing benevolence to draw people closer to God. God had the right, the moment Adam and Eve committed sin, to wipe us out. There would be none of us, but God did not do that. Humanity has the privilege, and I want you to really appreciate this. Humanity has the privilege of being chosen 
as that race of creatures that God created for such a purpose, if for no other reason, then God decided to do that because that was God's nature through the human race to demonstrate how wise and how holy he is. In other words, God is demonstrating God's self before you and I. And the ultimate way that we can appreciate all that God is bringing to us to bear on us is the mere fact that our salvation has angelic concerns as well as heavenly origin. That 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 you and I are not angels because if we were the moment we committed a sin that God would have sentenced us to hell like he did Lucifer and those fallen angels who became demons and that ultimately ultimately everything that we see being navigated as far as our reality is concerned on this terrestrial ball called earth is under the guise and protection and providential care of God. And watch this, that even the suffering and the shames, the mistakes and the mishaps that God is working out for our good, for those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. The only way that you and I become the called according to his purpose is by saying yes to Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, we become part of the call. And as we become part of the call, God has the right and the capacity to work things out for our good. This is why Paul is saying, I'm going through tribulation, but don't, don't, don't get discouraged because of my tribulation, because it's for your glory. Because as, as I'm dealing with this tribulation, I am writing and I am in the eternal will and the purpose of God. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm just glad that that whatever God has decided to do, that God did not basically have some type of alternative that he had to come up with. God sees everything from beginning to end. God is eternal. God is outside of time. God is beyond humanity. Yet God is so close to humanity that God being beyond humanity is able to see the total scope of time. But yet God being part of humanity is able to understand the pain and the frustration that we deal with, that we brought upon ourselves because of the choices that we make. And guess what? There are angels right now ready to be dispatched and move at God's beckoning call to give aid and assistance whenever the Lord feels like we need it. Here's what I want to drop on you. And uh, hopefully you appreciate it. Just as angelic hosts witness the church they have to admit that having Jews and Gentiles as one body is evident of God's wisdom. Did, did you catch that? In other words, angels saw the birthing of the church on the day of Pentecost, and they are blown away by the mere fact that God is bringing together Jews and Gentiles into one body known as church. In other words, angels are so blown away that through the diversity of humanity that ultimately one day we'll get this church thing right where we will worship God in spirit and in truth through 
Here it is, the process of glorification. Where one day we stand before our God and before his Christ, uh, enveloped by the spirit of God that allows for us, Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, male and female, rich, poor, and in between, educated, uneducated, undereducated, young and old, we all shall bow down at the feet of God and cry out, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, earth is full of your glory. And when we understand and we appreciate that, we understand and we realize that everything that God wants to do has already been accomplished in Jesus Christ. That is why a relationship with him is so important because when we're in Christ, we are in the purposes of God to become like Christ and to show and well, and to be shown the glory of God, the demonstration of God. Because it's folks oh, you say, he's too wise to make a mistake. He's too just to treat us wrong. And sometimes we don't like what is happening in our reality due to sin. But the shout is this, is that God does not ultimately lead us to our own devices. God has provided a way for us to handle whatever comes our way because of Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to share this for you, with you for a moment, uh, to understand that you and I got some helpers known as angels, got some messengers known as angels that God dispatches at our time of need to help us navigate this thing called life, but also to remind us that we're not going through our ordeal by ourselves. I hope this time has blessed you. And um, uh, I hope this time has given you uh, some encouragement as well as lift as far as uh, our gathering is concerned. Amen. Well, listen, um, um, I, I hope that you all uh, have had um, uh, something to really think about. Uh, I want to see if there are any questions as far as Chad is concerned uh, before uh, we get started, well, before I close out uh, our time together. Any questions or any comments uh, in the chat? I want to check on that real quick. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Sister Virginia, yeah, I still remember. Yeah. Um, Wow, to God be praised. That was whew, over a decade ago when I when I preached that, at least 12 to 15 years ago when I preached that sermon. Thanks for the interruption. And uh, it was um, the time that I had come to um, Pittsburgh to preach for the um, Urban League, for the Pittsburgh Urban League. And Dr. Curtis asked me to preach uh, the services for that weekend. And it was a joy to be at that church. Amen. So God be praised. All right. If there's not anything else, as we prepare to uh, uh, close out this, this moment of sharing, uh, this moment of, of teaching, 
um, I want to uh, help you to uh, realize that you can give even now and um, you can give either by mail-in check, cash, well, mail-in check or money order to the church, or you can drop off check, cash or money order at the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, or call the church office to make sure that someone is there to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. You can do that. You can also give online through ACS or Church Life, or you can give through the app called Givelify. Um, so if you feel led to give at this time during our time of study, uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, St. Paul, we are a, what I would call a digital church, a hybrid church. Um, um, you can reach us anytime. And as this sharing has been uh, captured as far as being online, you can go back and review it as far as that is concerned. Um, so I hope and pray that this has been uh, an insightful time um, for you all. And my prayer is that the Lord will bless you and keep you as far as the rest of uh, the time is concerned for this Thursday. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. This is our prayer. And may the angels of God watch over you and give you care.